This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome, everybody, to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. That's my podcast. Thank you for coming to the radio broadcast, which is called Coming Home with John Allen. Uh, you guys see that little name recognition there. Uh, today, my guest is Miss Lexi Corin. I absolutely adore you. I'm so, look at that smile. <laughs> look at mine too. We're mirroring each other. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. I am super excited about everything that's going on with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank And likewise, you have some things going on as well. And we're going to talk about that. Um, uh, it's been a while since I've spoken with you and seen you. That's my fault though. That's my fault. It's not people it's not her fault she's a loving caring sister it's me who isolated myself and kind of pulled myself back from all things social for a while but i'm back hey welcome back i'm back thank you it's good to be back <laughs> it's good to see it's good you. to be back you know um how are you doing these days you have a song i called have a song. yes <laughs> are you doing well the, the translation of that song people by the way is it makes me feel good. Yes. So there, there comes my question. Are you feeling good? Are you doing well these days? I am. I'm doing, um, I'm doing very well. I've had some periods where I've been quite down. Well, you know, as we all have, like I said, I pulled myself out of the mix uh, to kind of get myself together and strengthen myself up. Do you find that you have to do that from time to time? Yes, I find, I, I'm an ambivert, which, okay. and, and, with the with the years, I the wouldn't moral, think of you as an ambivert. Right. So tell, tell the listeners what that is. So it's it's a mixture between extrovert and uh, introvert. So I, in order to feel uh, recharged, yeah. I need a lot alone time. So I need to go away and do my own thing for a little while. But I also need to be out with people, and there's a limit. So you've got to have both. I gotta have both. There's a I limit. Need to balance it because you have to balance it yeah. in your way. Yes. Otherwise, I just get depleted and yeah. I shut myself out. Or Is it that you give too much and you, you have that, I don't know, that, that empathetic part of you, that just empath, em, empath, sympath that just has to give even though you know it's not best for you? Is that what it is? Or um, I think at times I've had yeah. that. Um, but mostly I think it's just, um, it, it's energy, right? So we, we're... We expand, we give energy, we take energy, we absorb, we are reading people, we, uh, yeah, and and just, I get really stressed with, uh, like, crowded spaces, for instance. I see, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm my best when I can have, some, say, three days alone, uh, and then I can, then I'm fully charged to go out in the world and meet people. I think I can identify with that. Yeah? I would call myself... I'm an I'm an introvert who at times can be an unwilling extrovert. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, some people would say that's an ambivert, but I, I I take it a little step back, and I'm even more towards the introvert side. You know, I can go out, I can do a show for stand up, uh, and and you know, five minutes after I get off the microphone, I need to get out of there. So there comes the excuses. Ah, you know, I'll blame it on the kids. You know, I got to put the kids to bed, or mm. you know, my wife is leaving for work, so I've got to get home, and and I'm gone. And you know that 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 introvert thing kicks in as soon as I'm done doing what I'm supposed to do on the microphone. Well, that's really interesting. Is that ambivert? Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna um, put any labels on you, but uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what, what's I gotta be careful what I ask for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but th I think there's something interesting about being alone on stage that is very uh, it suits introverts. 
I do that the same. I mean, I, I'm you, on the stage as well. Exactly, mm. exactly. Isn't that strange though about us? <laughs> we 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 consider ourselves quite the introvert, but we get on the stage. We'll sing. We'll dance. We'll do this stuff on the mic. What yeah. is that? Is that just the complexity of humanity? I People are complex. We are. We are. We are layered. And I was thinking about that this morning. Um, I, you know, in the shower, I have my brightest thoughts. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I forget them. But uh, but, <laughs> but I think part part of of what I was thinking was all these layers. There is no one answer to thing. You know, when when you talk about depression, for instance, the, it isn't just oh, it's a chemical imbalance. Yes, it can be a chemical imbalance. But it's also, you know, it can be systemic. It can be a trauma triggered by trauma. It could, there are so many layers to it, and therefore there are so many ways to treat it. Is it a safe thing to say that at times the level or the deepness of a depression for the individual, yes, it's the chemical thing, the physiological thing, but it can also be what type of crowd, not how big the crowd is, but what type of crowd or friends, circle of friends that they surround themselves with. There's some people out there, if they're not aware of what depression looks like, they can actually be contributing to it unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's an educational process, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And the more we talk about it, the better it is. So we True. can, um, well, remove the shame because shame tends to be the thing that... Um, gets in the way. Gets in the way, it isolates us, and uh, it becomes toxic if, we, if we're if we not met with empathy. Well, that shame gets in the way of, of any betterment of the individual situation. I was talking with my previous guest uh, from last weekend, um... Another guy, uh, a man who people, when they look at him on the outside, they would think, oh, this guy's he's a tough guy, you know, bushk, as we would say here in Norwegian. Uh, someone who doesn't talk about feelings, he's got to be hard and, and tough and, and man up, as the saying goes. But we talked about how that image needs to be fought against. Uh, I'm not saying a man shouldn't be a man in the traditional sense, but a man in the traditional sense should also should also include a certain amount of compassion, a certain amount of willingness to communicate, a certain amount of willingness to share feelings in order to better oneself and those around one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's... Uh, we've gendered feelings, which is uh, it's a terrible? shame. Yeah. yeah, because it's a shame using the word shame again, but because... Um, we are, you know, we, we're human and yeah. we, we experience the expectors of, of feelings, all of us. We are complex beings. Uh, the, 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 the human that walks just one trail and never looks from side to side is living a boring and limited life, I would say. You've got to touch on all of your sides. Um, and some people want to label it, you know, the feminine side or the masculine side. I just call it the humanness of us all. Mm. Yeah, that's we have point. all those feelings. We have all of those different ways of looking at things, viewing things, reacting to things, and why should it be suppressed? Mm, exactly, yeah. I, I believe that the more you get to know yourself and the more you get to accept the different parts of yourself, um, the the more th those definitions kind of disappear. Well, yeah. Uh, and then you become what you're saying. You know, you, yeah. you reach for the humanity yeah. within yourself and within others. When we suppress these things within ourselves, can it be said then that we're not living life the way it should be lived? We talked a little bit on the telephone about living life, about being alive. Yes, what makes you come alive? Yeah, talk about that a little bit. You, you see, it seems like your thoughts are kind of pointing in that direction. I've been following you. I've always followed you from day one on social media, and you have such uplifting, life-oriented things. Can mm -hmm. you talk about what's going on in your mind? Thanks, yeah. Um, uh, I... 
been asking this question for myself and and for a lot of the people that I work with, and, and it's that you know what makes you come alive because we as humans in this modern world tend to forget, um, and we are you know busy with life routines and paying bills and doing the jobs and the nine to fives and or eight to four whatever they do in your country you know <laughs> and and at one point we forget to play. And the moment oh. we forget to play, um, we we lose uh, touch and connection with that part of ourselves yeah. that makes us come alive. Yeah. But we don't see that connection there. We forget about it because we're supposed to be serious and adults. And, yeah. and at what point do we forget to play? That reminds me of a quote from Carlos Santana. He made this quote way back in the 80s. Uh, he said that, uh, of course, there's a problem if you as an adult are acting childish but all adults should act childlike. Yes. Childish versus childlike. You have to remember to play. You have to remember to have fun. You have to keep keep your feet on the ground on what really is important because kids, well-raised kids, kids in a safe environment, they know what it means to truly be alive. Mm, yes. Childlike yes. is quite the thing to aspire to, I believe. And there's a, there's a difference. It's a, like you you say here there's a big difference between childish and childlike yeah. the childish person is a, is a kind of an arrested development narcissist well yeah you can have times, that yeah. yeah yeah absolutely there's there's some of that in there but it's the the childlike person that that, that is someone who is in flow in connection with that i i call it eros and it is that uh, the life force within yeah. us that comes out in creativity comes out in music it comes out when you connect with nature when you meditate um anything that that makes you feel like you can take deep breaths and and be grateful for being alive what do you say to the person who has no or who hasn't explored any artistic uh elements within themselves what do you say to the person who works um you know, 60, 70 hours a week, what would you say to that person when they hear you say a comment like that and, and they're like in touch with, what am I supposed to be in touch with? I'm out here working. I'm making my money. Yeah. That goes kind of against this concept of being grounded and actually living in the sense of life that we're talking about now. Mm. What about those people? Well, my, my instinct wants to say revolt, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's also the thing that we're seeing around the world. People are saying this is not, this is not normal. Working 80 hours a week and for somebody else that, and for a minimum than a, than a minimum wage, you know, it's not uh, human. It's not, uh, it's, it's uh, exploitative. So do you want to, you know, what do you do? You get together and, and you make changes. Because I would, you know, if we go back, let's say we go back 300 years, mm -hmm. okay? Um, let's go back 500 years, okay? Uh, yesterday was Colum Columbus oh. Day, and I put that in quotes, yeah. Columbus Day. Uh, let me just cross that out uh, virtually and say Happy Indigenous Peoples Day instead. But okay, yesterday was Columbus Day. Now, if we go back to the day before Columbus landed in the Caribbean, uh, that place that we now call the United States was full of people who were truly living um, I wouldn't say that life was easier back then. You know, you had to work in order to survive. But I'm going to bet that people back then, and for of course for, for several hundred years since then, had a concept of balance that still allowed them to play, that still allowed them to be childlike. When would you say in the Western world, when did that 
end? When did people become more focused on this nine to five, this, this money thing and making that the priority instead of life itself being the priority? I, I think uh, the moment we started uh, dividing in territories, so... Well, that's pretty early on then. Well, if you look at the history of everything yeah. and and you divide in territory, you need, you find out that if you, you, you work the land and, mm-hmm. and, and then you get more power that way, you need to have people working the land. How yeah. do you work? How do you find the people who can work the land? Well, you have, have children. Okay, you have yeah, children, yeah, yeah. and then who, who, how do you control the, those means? Well, you need to control the the person that gives birth to the children. So you control the woman, and you control, control the children, control. and then you get, and then you start putting people uh, under you, and and uh, you know slavery, subjugating others. Subjugation. Yeah. 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 So so that's that's kind of the build up to it. Uh, so it's about territory, it's about capital, and it's about uh, supremacy. That's that's the start of everything, and 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 then you look at who is doing the supremacy, who who are the ones who believe that they are yeah. above everyone else, yeah. and then from there you get new ideas, and then you get industrialization. So you have to uh, get the big big machines, and and there we go, mass production. So if we go back to that initial expansion of the thought of I need others to do this work that I need to do for me, mm-hmm. that's where it started. Mm-hmm. The idea of control and subjugation. That's where it started. Uh, this, this uh, I call it a campaign against the enjoyment of what life really is about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. What the heck is wrong with us? Why can't we see? I mean, in all seriousness, I don't understand why we can't see this. Um, you can be, you know, we have room for Jeff Bezos. We have room for Elon Musk and those types. But it seems like, a majority of society is catering to that, if not actively lifting it up. Mm. Instead of looking at the indigenous shaman who may not have all that money, definitely doesn't have all that money, but he certainly has a peace, uh, a, a peaceful aura that is, you, you can feel that. Just like you can feel the wealth of a Jeff Bezos, you can feel the peacefulness of a shaman or an ind- indigenous pe- person who doesn't have this capitalistic um, uh, possession-oriented life. And when you can feel that, and we, everybody can feel that, you don't need to be spiritual to feel that. When you can feel that and you see the difference in those people, why would we not gravitate towards one as opposed to the other? What is it that gets in the way of what is natural? Because it's natural to want peace. It's natural to want to give to others. It's natural to not want to subjugate others. It's a beautiful thought. And Am I naive? Oh, I don't say want to say you that. Can say you I, can put that, put that label on me. I just, I, I, I wish, I wish more people thought like you. Um, but the, but the thing is, is that we are, as humans, we have, we are wired differently as well. We are wired True. for connection. But some people are also wired to, we're predators. So we are in the sense that, yeah, back in the day, we had to hunt and kill to survive. Absolutely. And yeah. we're still doing it. And we're still you know, doing it. You have the wars, you have uh, all this, all the violence, everything. So there's, there's something predatory within us. Uh, that but haven't we us. bastardized the concept of war? War is, has always happened. Mm-hmm. Mankind has always been in conflict with one another to a certain degree. But I would wonder if the degree to which we, engage in war now has gone above that natural inclination to to go to war i think we have disconnected so so the the it all goes back to disconnection so if we disconnect ourselves from the humanity of others 
it is going to be easier for well, us to yeah. to to reach for you know to get a drone and kill a family and and it's like oh well you know it's part of war and because it's it's the machine doing it it's not yeah. us yeah. and 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 then and then language is a very powerful tool as well absolutely so if you use like say in the refugee crisis people i remember back in the uk i lived in london for many years and and there was a period i think it was 2015 where the politicians were saying it's a swarm a swarm of refugees coming so when you dehumanize people yeah. it is easier to think yeah. of yourself as above uh, them it's an us and them situation now do you think the dehumanization on the political level do you think that that is an active thought out thing or is it just something we've become used to and and yeah to dehumanize the black and brown people yeah Nobody really thinks of it anymore. It's just what they do. Do you think it's that, or do you think it's an active process? I think it's uh, it's some of some of it is active, uh, but it, it is, and it's an old formula that is mm. used to control uh, people, and it's easier to control people when they. I mean, you can see it now with the revelations of, about Facebook sure, and everything. Sure, sure. Uh, it is known. It is the people who run it know mm -hmm. what to do and know how to get more clicks and yeah. know how to agitate people. It's and quite the sinister process. It is. They've it studied is. this stuff. Yeah. They've applied science to figure out yeah. how to manipulate people. Mm -hmm. Talk about subjugating people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. That may be the prime example of it, actually. Yes. So having the the... How do we go back into ourselves? Because it's easy to fall into a, a sort of mm -hmm. a spiral of, oh my God... What are we going to do? The humanity is effed. So um, that's when I, you know, when I think let's let's just step back and connect with yourself. Yeah. And the first thing is your breath. You're here now. Talk about that, right? Because that's a physical thing that can affect you mentally and spiritually. Yeah. What is it? What is it with breathing? Well, it is the one thing that comes for free, and we have <laughs> all access to it. Mm. And Uh, without it, we die. So, but we tend to uh, disrupt our breathing unconsciously when we're stressed. That tensing up, which then is going to restrict the chest cavity, which then is going to belabor the lungs. Mm -hmm. That type of thing. It, that type of thing. It sounds yeah. like you're familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I try to, I try, yeah. I try to keep myself informed about those kind of things. I've been on a on a, I've been on an 18 month run, if you will with even more focus on the physiological connection to the mental connection to the emotional connection to the spiritual, the body, mind, spirit thing. Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be some sort of crazy metaphysical, uh, weirdo leftist type of thing. To me, it's just about getting back in touch with who I am and who I am as opposed to who I'm supposed to be. And is there an opposition in that? And if there is, what am I doing to remedy that it's really it's simple really for yes. me anyway that's that's brilliant that you know who you are as opposed to who you're supposed to be and and we find the illness and illness and stress when we we run our lives on the supposed to be mm. and the shoulds right so shoulda woulda coulda exactly so the and stress is behind all kinds of uh, ailments absolutely and and part of part of my work with uh, with uh, Eros and that life energy uh, is to um, is to de-stress because yeah. when you de-stress, you are opening up to things that you may never have thought about. They just uh. you're kind of opening doors there to pleasure and to excitement and to creativity and yeah. to 
feelings of relaxation and and I I, I want to say healing, but uh, yeah, that too. Why sure, not? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and part of that uh, is is the meditation, and and I always talk about you know it's five minutes. You don't need more. You don't need more than five minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes is better sometimes, but you can also lose focus after a while. So you just use the time you need to to get there, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so you know, put your feet on the ground if you can, and take a deep breath. I start with three breaths, yeah. like deep into you know belly breaths and then when i release them i i try to make a sound come out okay wow almost like a mantra almost yeah. like a, yeah just to get in just to to know that you know to make sure that you know that you are connected yeah and then take it from there but start there small yeah. uh that's that's a good way i also do something with the with the pen follow the pen uh -huh. so pen on paper uh and and i just go wherever it wants me it wants me to go and that's yeah, interesting that's yeah yeah and it makes me relax. See, in the way we talk about meditation now, <clears throat> I hope it makes it sound simple to, to the listeners and, and, and for the viewers. Um, because a lot of people, you mentioned meditation, they think, oh my gosh, that's so complicated. I can't do that. People, you can do that. It's it, it, it can be so simple as to start. You don't even have to think of it as meditation, but just think of it as your time. Everybody has time to isolate themselves for five minutes in the day. Just start doing that where you just put your phone away. You're not looking at a screen. Just go somewhere quiet and sit and see what happens. Mm. You know, and then once you're used to doing that, just sitting for five minutes, now you can start actively uh, uh, attempting to put your mind in that peaceful place. Mm. You know, find your mantra uh, or, or find your method to, to, to actually start dipping your toe into what meditation is. And meditation is a very individual thing, you know. You just taught me something new. Follow the pen. I, I never, yeah. But of course, that's a way to meditate. Of course, yeah. it's individual, and it's whatever works for for that individual. Um, you've started painting a lot. Yes. Is that? Could you look at that as a form of meditation? Absolutely. Yeah? I have. Uh, I've been painting for many years, but not. Your. Yes, that's my dress. So, <laughs> I I painted part of my meditation practice. This is a couple of years ago. Was to do. Uh, flow painting so i just i put some acrylic paint together with some uh, with some water and i mix it up and and then i throw it on canvas put some music on dance yeah. put lights on do a little ritual you know yeah. whatever floats yeah. your boat you do your thing i did my thing and and then this image like on a large canvas came of a of a dancing shaman and i thought this is brilliant but it's a really big canvas and i can't take it with me wherever i go because yeah. i'm on the moon you know london chile paris uh my Bergen, studio. <laughs> your studio i mean i'm in draman and i you know and um i can't carry the big canvas with me right, so i right. thought what if i could wear it and this is what i'm wearing today that is so I, cool um, i mean i could i could stand up i could do that later but it i like it I got it's it, very nice yes it's, it's a wrap dress a little bit on the cleavage side but it's fine i i'm like <laughs> nothing wrong with cleavage nothing, nothing wrong with cleavage. Just and you people it. watching on uh watching on youtube you can see that that dress is actually patterned after a painting that lexi made um i saw it on instagram how do people find you can you tell them yes. where they find you on instagram you can find me uh, at ms alexandra corin at ms alexandra alex with an x alexandra corin k-o-r-e-n check her out people uh not only to find that uh that uh, beautiful painting that uh, inspired this dress but just you know 
your, your your Instagram is very uplifting in that it almost everything you post, and maybe this is me being such an admirer of the work that you do, but everything you post, I study it. Oh. Okay, what's the <laughs> is 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 there a message here? And if there isn't, if it's just for fun, well, maybe that's the message to to just have fun for that moment. But you know what what is the message here? What is she what is she what is she saying? That's my way of looking at your social media. It gets me to think. Um, I think the first thing I ever saw of you on Instagram, you were, it was a, it was a, a, a soliloquy, a monologue uh, where you were speaking. If you just look at the surface, it was quite sexual and that's it. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to it, it's not just sexual, but it's a sexual statement. It's mm-hmm. a statement of sex. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing filthy about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this this woman is deep. <laughs> and then that's when I contacted you and we actually yeah. spoke for the for the first time. But that that's the kind of post that you put out there. Now, is that part of your, would you say that that's part of the work you do to put things out there that are, that are going to help people guide themselves to their place of peace, to um, their place of contemplation? Uh, contemplation, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to inspire contemplation. You and certainly do. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to hear. No, I, I, can you guys tell I just love this woman? I, I love you and the work that you do. I'm just, it, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that first piece, uh, it was part of a series called um, uh, Fridays in My Heart. And yes. Uh, well, in, in Spanish, it was called Fridays in My Heart. Viernes en mi corazón. And... Um, and it was also about the gay. So uh, the male gaze has been part of, of media and Hollywood films and, yeah. and, and, you know, literature for a very long time. So you see uh, the the woman or female sexuality through the eyes of, of, of the, the heterosexual man. Yeah. And I was interested in... in turning that around and talking about uh, really personal stuff, you know, like sexual fantasies. And then... But but the video doing it in a very sort of mundane sort of way. I'm washing the dishes. That's right. That was an important <laughs> element. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to say that. Yeah, you were washing it. Yeah, just tell, tell them. P- yeah. Paint the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So so this the woman with a you know or plucking her hair, facial yeah. hair, and and <laughs> <laughs> and then you can hear it. You're actually in front voice. of a sink, right? Wasn't the yeah. water running? The faucet. I did. I think was, three or four videos something, or yeah, something yeah. like that. So uh, yeah. So washing the dishes, mm-hmm. you can see that, and then you hear this really like descriptive uh, sexual yeah. encounter and or the wants and needs of this person that's do, that's washing dishes and or you know um, um, I'm doing what was the other thing I was uh, I was cooking and yeah. or I was washing the other one was to flip it you know so I'm, do, I'm washing my uh, sex toys my my all the all the little wonderful things that make me come on a daily basis, uh, <laughs> but in the the voiceover you could hear, oh, I should get you know, I should get some avocado. So I, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. so uh, playing with what is expected, what you see, and what you hear, and so that beautifully, it was just a beautiful series of messages. <laughs> I, I, it's art. It, You're an artist. Yes. You're a lot of things. You're an artist. Uh, by drawing, you're an artist through your, through your thespian skills, which come very come very much forward in, on your Instagram account. You're an artist with your music. You have a need to express yourself. Where does that come from? 
Because not everybody has that need. I have it. Yeah. But not everybody has the need to express themselves, but you do. Yeah. For me, if I don't do it, I get depressed. So, so it's a therapeutic, it's an ongoing self-therapeutic process then. Well, you, yes, you can call it that, or you can call it purpose. There you go, yeah. And and that's my purpose. And if I'm not fulfilling my purpose, I fall into depression and my anxiety gets triggered. Um, and it's not who a nice place to be. Who am I as opposed to who am I supposed to be? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's oxygen for me. Interesting. Mm. I think that's the way it is for me. And I wonder if that's why I kind of started to fall off the deep end. See, I, I spent the whole pandemic... Um, actually putting words on my, uh, my, I don't want to say enjoyment of the isolation, but I put a lot of words on how I was coping with being isolated in a positive way. But I wonder if I was fooling myself because I, I, I wasn't able to perform my music. I wasn't able to perform my stand-up. I couldn't have, I, I kept my podcast going, but I couldn't have my guests here. So I was missing a lot of elements um, that I had previously been using to express myself. Mm. And that lack of self-expression made me sick. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of just now putting that mm. together, that maybe that whole, I think I said it to you several times, oh, I'm doing fine. Mm. Yeah, I miss people, but I'm doing fine during the, the pain. But in the end, it crashed. I, I crashed. I didn't burn, but I crashed mm. at the end and, and just kind of had to, to, to get myself together again. And, and Expression. It is expression, yeah. Uh, and, it's important. And how, can I ask you this? Sure, and, ask. And how... Take the microphone a little. Let me just do yeah. this. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> there you go. How do you, when you say well, you had to get yourself together, how, how do you do that? I do, I, 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 what I did is I, I, I talked to some people who I was close with. You were one of them. And I said, uh, because you and I had planned, I think we had planned on, this is when you had moved to here to this town and we had planned on meeting up, having a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden I realized like two or three times in a row, I was like, ah, you know, canceling it or not really following through on the plan to meet with you. And, I, and then I started thinking, wow, I've done that to a couple of people. You know, I'd been invited to people's homes and things like that. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this to a lot of people. Why? And after a few days of not being able to figure out why I was doing that, I said, okay, I just need to regroup. So then I contacted some people. You were one of them. And I said, Hey, look, you know, um, and I'm paraphrasing because it was a different conversation for different people. But I told them, uh, I told them, Hey, look, I, you know, I'm going through some things. I'm still, uh, depressed about my son, uh, passing, obviously more depressed than I thought I was, you know, that, that thing goes in waves, you know, mm. uh, today I'm fine about it, but tomorrow I might, be a mess. Uh, but I had that conversation with people and I said, please, you know, remember, I, I love you, but I need to back up for a while. I need to just, uh, you know, you're still going to hear me doing my podcast, but uh, the social thing for now, I just need to cut off because I've got to find myself again. Mm. And I had that conversation with you in so many words. I had it with a few other uh, of my close friends and people who I do different projects with. And I took that time to actively um, you know, it's, it, it's a fact that I lost my son. He's gone and I'm depressed and I still don't know how to, to deal with that. And I think I had to go through that thought process over a period of time. I'm talking a couple of months now and then land on the fact that I'm not supposed to know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Mm 
there will be days where I have to break that appointment that I had with someone who is a good friend. But what's important for me, because maybe I take it harder than that person who I stood up on a engagement with. Maybe they're like, okay, well, John's just busy, but I'll roll around in that and feel bad Mm -hmm. for breaking that agreement. I won't allow myself to acknowledge that I'm not breaking that agreement for any nefarious reasons. It's because I need to get myself together. Good God, I, I, I lost my son to an overdose. I've got to, I, I have to allow myself to deal with that. And it took me a couple of months to get back to that point to where I will allow myself to deal with that. I have to give other people give me the space to deal with it. Why won't I give myself the space to deal with it? And that's what I landed on. It took me a couple of months. I... Yeah, when was this? This was maybe in uh, late July, early August that I had that conversation. So yeah, a couple of months after that, and now I'm back up on my feet, ready to talk with people, feeling better about myself and how I'm dealing with life. But that's an active process that the individual has to go to. And then I take it a step further in that I speak on it. I put it out there on my podcast. I'm putting it out there on my radio show because I think there might be one person out of the possibly millions who are listening who may find some comfort Mm. from my situation. So I put it out there. Wow. It's such a huge thing you're doing, you know, and so brave um, to be able to, to talk about this so publicly as well. I'm not, I'm not afraid of, of, I'm not afraid of who I am. I think that who I am is a pretty decent guy. So Hmm. then if people hear what that guy is all about, it can't be a bad thing. That's the way I look at it. Not at all. And inspiration, yeah. And like you say, it comes in waves. It does. You you don't get over something that big. You learn to live with it in a a way. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to go away. Hmm. Um, A couple of people have told me, oh, well, it'll fade in time. No. I don't think it will. I think my ability to deal with it will change mm. over time. I'll become stronger over time mm. to deal with it better. And so, so I, I think there's a, you know, I don't want to talk too much about mm. myself. I mean, it's, it's great to talk about this so that people can possibly get some motivation from it. But I think it really boils back down to that thing about living life the way it's supposed to be live, lived, uh, analyzing who you are and comparing that with who you're supposed to be. So my question to you, you as a, as a therapist, how do people figure out who they're supposed to be? Who they're supposed, I, I, I think of who they are. I, I, I think we have a bit different definitions there. Um, okay. Because. Let's break it down. Uh, who they're supposed to be can be a construction of, of, uh, of what people expect from them. Mm. And, and that often leads to uh people coming into the therapy room and listen, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know who am I supposed to be or who I am. And, and, and there's a lot of confusion there. But and you once, don't have those answers as a therapist. No. Your job is to guide the person to that answer. Yes. Correct? My, my, my job is to provide space and safe space for exploration to hold certain feelings that perhaps uh, the, the person is not ready to hold yet or, or make sense of yet um to 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 hold to mirror to deconstruct to yeah. to stay there in a in a non-judgmental way so it's yeah. it's unconditional positive regard um and then giving permission to play and restoring the ability to play that's yeah. sort of my yeah. main job mm-hmm. to help people restore their ability to play and you can't live life the way it's supposed to be lived if you can't play 
life is supposed to be fun. <laughs> You've got to have that playful element there. Yes. That sense of that childlike sense of exploration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you wake up, you may not wake up with a smile on your face, but you get to the point at some point during the day, you've got that smile on your face, you've got that desire to explore the day and explore yourself. Mm. Have, enjoy, find out what you enjoy. Again, the question is, uh, what makes you come alive? Is it going to the the forest for a walk? Is it mm. watching birds fly over your garden? I mean, what is it? If you can note down three or four things that makes you a piece of music that makes you go, oh, my God, I love this song or makes you want to move uh, a memory, anything like that, do that. And write it down, people. Don't be afraid to actually sit down and start a journal and write these things down. You know, what is it that makes me happy? What is it that makes me motivated and inspired? And then write that down because when you get in moments of anger or, or depression or, or uh, a less than a positive uh, uh, place in your life, it's so easy to forget those things. It should be ingrained in us what, what we need to be happy. But sometimes we lose track of that. But if you can just walk to a little notepad or some sort of journal, hey, this is what makes me happy, and I haven't done that today, and this is why I feel so bad, maybe. Mm. So let me try and do these things. Yeah, do check-in, like daily check-ins on yourself. That's Where so important, isn't I it? Where am I right now? Yeah. What am I feeling at this very moment? Well, mm. But that goes back to the meditation, the five yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. yeah, it all goes back to that. Mm. What am I feeling? But, but if you want to go even deeper, what yeah. I often encourage people is to check out... Um, where and what have I, have I been uh, not allowed to do, either by other people when I was younger or by myself now as an adult? Uh-huh. And, and what do I need to do to give myself permission to experience that? Yeah. And, and basically dismantle the all ideas that yeah. have, uh, are causing you challenges now. And not in like not like positive challenges. The, the the you know the challenges that keep you stuck. Yeah, yeah. So go go and look into that because we're built up of prohibitions and permissions. Uh, and it starts when we're young. Yes, it starts when young. we're children. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about survival. I mean, they were there to make us um, live, right? So so they served their purpose. But later on, if they're still there and they're not, and they're keeping you stuck then it's time to look at them and go, hang on a minute. I don't need these prohibitions anymore. Yeah. I want some permissions in my life. Yeah. I love it. Mm. We're getting deep today. Ah. And I don't have my wading boots on. I'm wearing <laughs> flip-flops. Oh, no. I don't have my water boots on. And we're getting this deep. <laughs> but, you know, th again, this is... Um, this is an example. Uh, this conversation that we're having right now is an example of my... Uh, I mean, you you just fit, you, you fit in my life <laughs> where I have been uh, since the passing of my son with this journey to try and understand life a little better, to try and understand humanity a little better and to try and understand myself a lot better. <laughs> what, how is, how can that be done in practical terms? You know, I'm here, I do my own thing, I can take my 10 minutes, I can turn it into a half hour or an hour if I want to and do that meditation thing and think and then go out and act on it. But how do you, how, how can people who are still living the nine to five uh, uh, actively try and ease into this different understanding of life? Mm -hmm. Because everyone, everyone says they don't have time for anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I go to work and then I come home and my kids are here and then they have to go to bed and then I'm so tired. Yeah. 
how do people sort through all of that to find that time for their self-improvement and self-care? Hmm. What's so, your suggestion? Self-care being the, the, the most important one. Um, I think if we, if we pressure people into self-improvement, um, that's another layer of... Yeah. Yeah. Can I qualify that? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm looking to improve my, myself. I don't expect anyone to feel that they need to improve themselves. I'm saying for me personally, and this is important for those who are watching and listening, I need to improve myself. <laughs> you know, I'm lacking in some areas and I know I'm lacking and I'm trying to improve myself because that will then put me in a better position from which I can help uh, my, my, my wife, my children, and, and the people who are close to me. So that's my own personal mm. journey. But yes, no, it's not for me to say anyone needs to improve themselves. But, but for, pay, for people to get to that, that, that place where they can uh, um, engage in more self-care, mm. what can they do to actively get there? Um, we're busy these days yeah we're busy and it's um it's it's i i feel for for you i mean for people who are Mm. in that in that position and and i've been there myself and i'm i'm there sometimes too still um and it is that reconnecting just have a moment to reconnect with yourself and and know that you are worthy you are worthy of all the good things that you want and need Mm. and People need that of, reminder. Yeah, you are worthy of love and you're good enough and, you know, you, you're a wonderful human being. And, okay, sometimes you may be a little bit shitty, but that's okay. <laughs> we have to allow for that. Yes. And that comes that comes from self-awareness. Mm. You, when, you, when you have self-awareness and you have that peace of mind about who you are, you'll accept that sometimes you can be a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can be that that jerk who who just doesn't have time for anything. That's allowed. Yeah. It's allowed. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be giving all the time because that can erase a part of your persona rather than build it up and strengthen you. Mm. And um, you know we want to be the best version of ourselves, and that means we have to accept uh, we have to accept the lumps with the smoothness in yeah. our personalities. Absolutely. Self, I was just thinking, self-realization, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a privilege. So when you have, well, when you have all your basic needs met. Okay. Yeah. You're then, right. There you go. Yeah. Then you have time and space and of mental course. space to go, listen, I'm going to go and, and improve myself or, you know, take and go to the next, next level. But if you are, if your needs are not met, your basic needs are not met, then that's when I think it's, it's. I feel a bit icky about saying to people, "Oh well, you know, go into yourself and 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 connect with who you are when you are working eighty hours a week." Yeah, that's when I think this kind of healing is a collective healing. I see. Instead of the the individual one. I see. Yeah. So we can do at a world basis. We need both. We need the individual and we need the collective. But the collective goes when enough people who are going through those difficult times get together and say, no, we're ending this yeah. and we're getting our needs met. That's when you get change. And that's why I am, I am. Uh, people will hear me very often talk about how men need to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing where men are supposed to be tough and hard-hearted, uh, more of us who are willing to open up and speak about our issues uh, need to get together and say enough of that. And I'm not saying men should be less of men. You know, Maybe we need to redefine what uh, modern manhood is. Um, but it's definitely not being closed up and not expressing one's full spectrum of emotions. Mm. It's definitely not that. 
Mm. There's lots of really lovely groups around the world right now, uh, men's group, where uh, men are getting together and talking about their feelings and they're finding their own way of expressing it. And I think that's really important yeah. for yeah. guys to get together and, and then explore like some, like some, I have Norwegian in there. <laughs> Hey, you know, we are in Norway. It does affect us a little bit. So The coffee hasn't kicked in yet. So. Um, uh, When you start asking me for a snack of lutefisk, then we have a problem, okay? Yeah. So that you throw a Norwegian word in here and there, that's fine. I so. get liksom and I get alzo. I do that too. Oh. I do that too. I do that too. Oh my gosh. So funny. But you, anyway. you've, been in, uh, you've been in Norway so long, I'm surprised you don't mix it up more than you do. Well, uh, it's... Um, I'm multilingual, so yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah what, so it's four, Spanish. Three, three languages. I speak English three fluently, and then yeah. f- uh, French because French I lived also, in yeah. France, yeah. but it's yeah. not fluent. You're quite the cosmopolitan. <gasps> yes, I am. Where do you think you what? In what place have you lived that has given you the most? Oh, that's difficult to say because every place was has been important to me at every stage. Mm. Um, I know that, for instance, London ha- is sort of a big piece of my heart. Yeah. And I used to fant when I was five years old living in Chile, I I said to people, I'm gonna live in London when I'm when I'm a grown up. And yeah, that's right. You told me yeah. that yeah you wanted to do that since you were a kid. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I moved to London when I was nineteen. That's where you did most of your studying, right? Yes. Yeah. That's where I trained as a psychotherapist. Yeah. That's where I took my MA and I I, I trained as an actress there as yeah. well. So that's that's uh, a lot of my a big chunk of my life I lived mm-hmm. there. Uh, so that's been very important, and and uh, a lot of my friends, my my closest friends, are uh, they? I met them in London. Okay. Uh, but then I have, um, you know, I have Chile, uh, which home. is where that's yeah, that's where I was born, and and I, that's where I have family, and that's where I have a lot of friends as well, because I lived there too for a couple of years a few years ago. And oh, did you? I, didn't I know did. That. Yeah, that's why I I did stand up, and uh, that's right. I knew that. You told me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. And then Paris. Paris was really important to me. I, wow. I lived there for a year and and that totally changed. That kind of, that broke, kind of broke the good girl in me because I was <laughs> so, I was just, I was not a rebel in, in that see. sense. I yeah. was sort of, I was always um, doing what was right and I see. very much like that. Were you working when you were in Paris or was it more of a, a long vacation type of thing? Well, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, right before I, I, my first degree was in media studies. So I did oh. television broadcast journalism. And then I got, I came to Norway and I got a job working at uh, the the regional and on the West Coast, uh, the regional news. And I was interviewing lots of goats and that sort of thing. And, um, and I was very young and the artist in me that ha- hadn't really come alive yeah. was screaming inside. It's like, I can't ah. this, I can't do this. I can't interview another lady that's collecting porcelain dolls. I need something else. So I did something really impulsive and I went off after my contract ended. I went off to Paris. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anyone there. You just packed up and went to Paris just I like that. I packed up and left. One-way ticket. Guts, guts, guts. <laughs> I love it. I was 22 and I had a tarot deck. So I uh, I lived by reading the tarot to people and performing in the streets and singing in bars. and Wow. Yeah. And uh, I what had to What a cool know. life, <laughs> yeah. doing that in Paris. I mean, that's like straight out of a... 
a novel of some sort. Well, yes, yes. I mean, it was it was lots of fun in the beginning, but not so glamorous during winter. Uh, Being out on the streets like that, performing, yeah, you can performing, imagine. Yeah, yeah, like that. But you yeah. know, when you're young, you you do things. You do what you do. Yeah. yeah. But it was necessary for me to break out of the mold of this is what I should do and I should get good grades and I I uh, should have the perfect job and then I should, 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 yeah. which was suffocating me. And then I did, I went the other way around and just became a, a street performer and, and what a life. the tarot outside the That's, Louvre. What a, yeah, <laughs> what a romantic life. Now, how long were you doing that? For a year. One year. Mm. I went to drama school there as well. How did that work, not knowing French? That that was very... I don't... I mean, I wouldn't have done that now. But back in the day, I was like, I can do this. I can do anything. Young and full of yeah. enthusiasm and yeah. curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bilingual school, but I was the only one speaking okay. English there. Okay. Was, uh, the studio d'acteur. Uh, so the actor studio in, uh, in Paris. Uh, molded after the actor studio in New York. Are, are the French really as rude about non-French speakers <laughs> as the, I, I have? I have one experience with that. I was I, actually it was the first time I was here in Norway, and I was on my way back, and I had a change changeover in in uh, yeah, it was in Paris uh, at the airport. It was I don't remember if it was Charles de Gaulle or or uh, the other airport there. Anyway, in Paris, and my flight was so late getting there, I had to book a new flight to get the second leg home and i walked up to the to the uh, air france counter and start talking to this woman about getting and she gave me the dirtiest look and said something in french and then i'm pretty sure she probably could have spoken english to me but she went and got some other guy and brought him over and then he spoke english and i'm like whoa maybe this is true the french are rude <laughs> well i wouldn't say the whole the, <laughs> i'm playing a little yeah, bit yeah but, but uh, paris is, is from what i remember it's been a few years since i lived there from what I remember, it was very proud uh, about the French culture and French language. And but was it to the point to where you felt as an outsider because their proud, their pride was kind of insular? Uh, I had yes, yes, and no because I think this uh, this uh, long history of of uh, people um, France not liking English speaking, so the, yeah. anything that's Anglo, yeah, it's sort yeah. of oh gosh, no, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, but I got I, a taste of that at the airport. Yeah, so. I can imagine. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my other card, the Spanish, the Latin American one, yeah. and so I, I use that a lot. Yeah, and yeah. it made it easier for me to learn to speak French as well because it's kind of it's quite it's the similar. same yeah. family. Yeah, I I really need to get my skills in Spanish back. I was fluent. I used it daily at work yeah. when I was living there outside of Chicago and. Since I've learned Norwegian, I've lost most of my Spanish. I can follow a conversation pretty well, but for me to try and express myself in, Sp in Spanish, it's it's gone, and that's a shame because it's such a beautiful language. Maybe listening to songs, listening to music in Spanish could help, like well, my song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Me Hace Bien by Lexi Korn. Um, no, I if I were to go, I have a book in this cabinet right here. I have a uh, lesson book in uh, Spanish. It's like a second level uh, Spanish. And if I were to open that book and go back and study the grammar structure, then at that point it would be a matter of picking up Spanish books and then relearning the vocabulary or, or getting a 
you know, uh, uh, you know, picking up my memories of what the vocabulary is. And I think within a matter of a month, I could probably converse in Spanish if I would just start with learning the grammar structure again. Because mm -hmm. I, if I were to open that book, I'm sure within a couple of study periods, I'm like, okay, that's how it is. And then it will start coming back. So. Yeah, so grammar helps you. Absolutely, yeah. That's how I learned Norwegian. Once I found the grammar structure and I figured that out, the vocabulary was, I just have this thing where I can remember what words mean and I can remember what, you know, if I have the, the grammar structure, I can figure out how to plug in the words and then off I go. I learned to speak Norwegian within three months. I wow. was conversing and like, be able to read and everything, no problem. That's like Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> they have a Matrix part four. What is it, part four now? Let it, me yeah, be, it's uh, coming let me be out Neo. soon. Yeah, yeah uh, it's supposed to come out... Um, was it Chris? Was it a Christmas release? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, how about Life. that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Life. Mm -hmm. So you're in Paris. Mm. You opened yourself up. Yes. You're exploring. Mm. You're finding out new things about yourself. And then here and there and this and that, and then you end up in Norway. Now you've been here in, Nor I'm, I'm sorry, not end up in Norway, but you, you start your adult and professional life here in Norway. Do you feel that you found your place here in Norway? And, and do you feel that Norway gives you the opportunities that you want? Um, well, I think home is wherever I go. Is that how you feel? Yeah. yeah. I need to get there because <laughs> I'm here, but I don't feel like Norway is home for me. Mm. Sorry, people. Yeah. I just... Yeah. And that's... But you... you, you let me ask you this then. What what about Norway needs to be fixed and what about Norway is just ideal for you? Let's look at both sides of Norway because you can't be satisfied with everything. No, and I think that's true for everywhere yeah. in the world, really. Yeah. Uh, there's always something, you know, like if if I do uh, a comparative uh, analysis of, of the different places I've lived, um, Norway provides a sort of safety it's really good for me right now in this creative period where I am. Um, I need to be kind of caved in, and it was, yeah, mm. I have. I have a. I live in a small, teeny, tiny house um, that I call the she cave. The she cave. The I she love it. Cave, and I go in there and I find comfort and yeah. warmth, and I paint and I make music and I dance and i write have you recorded your music there you you recorded your song in a studio somewhere, yeah in right? okay. oslo okay yeah. yeah yeah um but it's you know but i i write there and yeah. and those uh, beautiful paintings you do thank yeah. you yeah oh yeah and tell them where your paintings are going to be yes. you've gotten them yeah tell them tell so them. there's a magazine coming out in november and it's called the pleasure magazine neat magazine and it's about a, a, it's sex positive magazine and really good in interesting contributors and my artwork is going to be there so i have i've i make uh, acrylic paintings and watercolors and the the acrylic painting are very much flow but the um acrylic no the watercolors are erotic paintings mm -hmm. and again i've been working on the theme of what does she want yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of oral sex there <laughs> in my paintings, and one of them has been picked up 
uh, to be published in the magazine. And that's just fantastic. I'm very excited about it because it's the it's this the your first time, time being published outside. Yes. yes, I love it. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's been a long time coming because again, I think your I think your artwork is just amazing. You, Lexi, you cannot do anything wrong in my book. <laughs> Everything about you is just well. Oh, don't put <laughs> for what me it's worth. Up, for yeah. what it's worth. The fall is hard. The fall is hard. <laughs> hey, but uh, speaking about that, you you, you don't worry about. Uh, uh, you you seem to you seem to not worry about um, consequences, backlash. You know, there's a lot of people who could look at your painting and say, "Oh my God, that's filthy," oh. and go perhaps some Christian group, for example, go on some sort of campaign to censor you. Mm. Um, you say some rather, um, some things that I think are beautiful, but others may think are quite profound and need to be reeled in. Do, do you ever, do you ever think about that? Do you ever have to deal with that? Well, that's the, the that's where the sh shame comes in, mm. but it's not my shame. Right. It doesn't belong to me. So, um, but that's, it takes, a, that's yeah. a strong woman that can say something like that. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that's I, as well, coming back to who I am and who I, how, who I know to be. And yeah, it's interesting you ask that because sometimes I, I don't think about it. Mm. And I do wonder sometimes, like, oh, what's going on here? I know that, that people are watching yeah. um, and they may not, not engage actively but then I hear from them like a year later and, and then they tell me, you know, how much that changed their lives. And I'm like, what? What what just happened? <laughs> you never know. When you're in the world of entertainment or when you're in this, uh, the, the world of, of being outspoken, mm -hmm. you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching mm -hmm. and you never know the effect right. that you'll have on them. Yeah. Would, but, but along those lines, wouldn't it be something if people were more vocal about the effect? What if these people were to tell you more often. And I'm not saying you're craving that or you're, you're fishing for that, but what if people were to be more vocal and express themselves in return to that artist or to that speaker, or to that public figure and actually tell them mm. what they meant to them, what they did for them. Um, it, don't you think that that would amplify the positivity in the world? And don't we need that? Yeah, I think it's a challenge to people, I think to, to express themselves when, when someone has done something for them. Yeah, I think it's lovely to be able to get feedback, but I think it's also, uh, as an artist, um, it, it's we can't rely on it. Oh, absolutely not. Because yeah. it, then it takes center stage. It doesn't become about the the message that you're trying to convey or the art, the 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 experience of creating. Um, it becomes about validation, and and when it becomes about validation, we put up, we give our power away. Absolutely, I look at it like for my music or for whatever. I need to validate myself for myself. In other words, when I put a song out there for people to listen to on Spotify, yeah, it's for people to listen to. But if they don't enjoy it, it doesn't matter to me because I enjoyed the process of making it. Yes. Yes. So for me as an artist, uh, and, and it goes also back to my, uh, to my stand-up comedy, it's the same thing. Uh, of course I want people to laugh, but if they don't, I actually find humor in them not laughing. <laughs> and I obviously thought it was funny when I wrote it, so mission accomplished for me, you know. So, so I, don't, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I, 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 validation as an artist is good to experience, but as you say, it should not be necessary for that artist. Mm. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna get your feelings hurt a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, because you're going to depend on that. You're going to, and also you, you will have to give equal weight yeah. to both the negative and the positives. And there's a lot of people having opinions about a lot of things they don't know about. So That's if you're going <laughs> to take it all in, you'll be like, oh, inundated with a lot of, I get a lot of, of DM, uh, people sliding in my DMs with strange requests and, and I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I just, I look at them and I laugh. Yeah. I think, oh, I yeah. might use this for something else later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some artwork. Yeah. Well, I use, if I get a negative response to a stand-up uh, uh, joke or, or to an entire stand-up presentation, uh, I use that. First of all, I laugh. Mm -hmm. I think it's hilarious when I bomb like that. But then I will also use that experience and try and put it back into my routine and learn from it. And, and, and as we say in Norway, fin pusse, mm -hmm. uh, the routine, you know, fix it up a little bit. And that's more of a learning process for me. I think if, if the artist or if the expressionist can get to that point where they're taking the, 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 the amount of negative feedback that they get, but turning it into motivation. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just a good place to be as an entertainer. I think. Take it as motivation, but also the, the it, who do you listen to? Who do you, whose feedback do you listen to? Because it's it's also important to listen to feedback so that you can sure. uh, make the necessary changes sure. and, and, and expand as an artist. Sure. Um, but I think it's Brene Brown who says, if you're not out there in the field getting your ass kicked, then I'm not interested in your opinion. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, I respect, you know, respect the people who are doing the work. Yeah. And if I if they give me feedback or if I'm asking them for feedback and they give it to me, then, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Listen, um, as we wind this up, I have two questions for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say three words, and then I want you to finish the sentence for me. Okay? Okay. Okay. Lexi Corin is? A multidisciplinary artist. A multidisciplinary artist. Mm. Nice. Nice. Okay. Now, the second thing I'd like for you to do, for all my viewers... All my listeners out there, whether you're listening to me on the podcast, watching on YouTube, or listening on the radio, is there something you can tell these people? Because you, 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 again, you have this thing, you radiate positivity, you radiate motivation, you radiate love. Can you say something? Oh, I, I, and I, and I mean that I, I, every chance I get Lexi, I talk you up. So thank you for gracing my microphone and my studio here with your presence. So I just want to say that, but can you say something into the microphone now for the people who are watching and listening, something that they can carry with them at least for a few minutes when they turn off this, this episode here, something they can carry with them to motivate them, inspire them, lift them up. Can you say something? I'd say something for those who are struggling right now. And it's two things. It's okay not to be okay. And you are so worthy of love. You say that in such a straightforward, and yet it's come, the beauty is complex. Mm. It's just, that's, I think that's what people need to hear. People need to hear that, and then they need to soak in it, you know, roll around in the mud of it, and then apply it. Mm. And then the individual will become better, and then society itself will become better. Lexi Corin on all things life, people, all <laughs> things life and love. Um, I want to say to all my viewers and all my listeners, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your support. 
Those of you who are listening on a podcast platform or watching on YouTube, if you look in the comments, or excuse me, if you look in the description of this episode, you will see a few links that you can click on if you'd like to support the work here at the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen and now Coming Home with John Allen, the radio program. I truly appreciate you people. Thank you so much for the love. I give you as much love as I can back. And Lexi, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I just really enjoy coming here and having these conversations with you. Well, it's been long overdue. And again, that's my fault. But hey, now we're on a new path. And I'm so glad to have, or I'm on a new path. And I'm so glad to have you back. So uh, thank you so much. Everybody check out Lexi on Instagram at, at MS. Alexandra, Alexandra Corin, mm. and you will not uh, regret it. It's quite entertaining. It's quite thought-provoking. Um, it's funny. It's fun. It's beautiful with art. Uh, check it out. Check her out, and um, you'll you'll enjoy it, guaranteed. Thank you all so much. Bye now.